Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. All right, coming to you guys with a little bit of a different type of episode. So we are headed to Charleston this weekend, and we will, of course, share all of our recommendations. If we run in with um, into anybody from the Southern Charm cast, you'll definitely be seeing that on our Instagram. Uh, but so we're not going to be able to recap because we're missing a, um, one of the episodes. OC has not aired yet. So we are going to use this time to answer the questions you guys submitted. So we'll start with the Bravo questions and go into motherhood. And then there's just a few random ones that will be fun to answer. Um, so I'm going to start with, I think this is a really good one and one that has not been asked directly to us yet. Do you think Allie deserves to be full-time on pump next season? Vanessa, let's hear your thoughts. No, I think she's good as a supporting role. I think she's good where she's at. I, if I were James, I would want to keep her as part-time as well. I, I think I would imagine in any relationship, I think, they would need to prove themselves a couple a bit longer for her to be full-time. I'm saying this as protectiveness of Allie. I think I'm like, I like her where she's at. We as the fandom like her. How do you feel about it? I agree. I don't think, look, she was the whistleblower. She definitely picked up on things before anybody else. She did a great job of how she told the group and even like how she relayed messages about the open relationship. I mean, knowing now that that was a little, probably a little bit planted by, um, you know, Sandoval himself, but I don't think that is enough to make her full time. And I also think there's certain people that are just way better off friend of, I've used the example of Camille before. I actually think one of Luann's best seasons was her friend of season in New York when she wasn't actually living in the city. Um, and I agree for their relationship. I think it's better. We also kind of saw what happened with Raquel when she became full time. It, it can really change people. And I don't know if it would change Allie. I really don't know her well enough. She seems like a sweet girl, but I do think that um, once you're full-time, there's a different pressure. You start to self-produce, self-edit. So I think it's best for the show. It's best for her as a person. And like you said, best for James and um, their relationship for her to remain part-time friend of category. All right. Um, we've been asked this before, but not quite this version of it. And I feel like it's already out there, but uh, I'm curious to see what you say. Uh, so what is your dream cast for an ultimate trip of non housewife franchises, Southern, um, summer house, Southern charm, Vanderpump rules below deck, etc. I think we kind of already have this with winter house, but let's take them on a trip. Um, where, first of all, where are you taking them? I'm going to put a spin on this and who are you, who are you bringing? Let's say you can take six people. I want you guys to know that Abby's putting me She's, she's putting me on the spot in the sense that Abby is a prepared one between the two of us as a Virgo. <laughs> she's got all her shit together, has all the questions ready for this. And I'm just, I haven't thought of my answers though. I just, okay. I've just organized, but I just like, was like copying and pasting. Perfect. I wasn't. No. Okay. Yeah. So where am I taking them? That's a really great question. I'm going to go with Europe. Um, let's take them abroad and just kind of a la below deck a little bit. I'm going to bring, so from Pump Rules, from the Pump Universe, I'm going to do James and Lala. Uh, from the Summer House Universe, I'm going to do Kyle and Paige. And then from the Below Deck, I feel like I'm not caught up on yachting. I need to get on it. But I feel like Gary seems like one you all love and Daisy. And I know there's kind of like a triangle. 
have no idea if any of these would be great together, but I think that's the beauty of it. Oh, and I forgot Southern Charm. Southern Charm, I would do Austin and Madison. Ooh, that's a Madison throws a wrench into it. Um, okay, so I think I am going to take them. I mean, like there's a part of me who wants to take them, even though they've already been like Thailand, but since it's already been done, I'm gonna do Malaysia. We're gonna take them to Malaysia out of their comfort zones. Because I do think in Europe, um, some of the Belogic people have an advantage because they're used to kind of like yachting around there and you know, they well, like it, on their day offs, they're going out in Europe. And so, I mean, I know a lot of these people have traveled too, but I kind of like the idea of like a lot of like not going somewhere where everyone's familiar. Um, so my dream cast, okay. From Summer House, I, God, this is like, this is tough. I think I'm going to take Danielle, even though I know she was on Winter House this year. I'm only going to take Danielle. Um, I want to see her on her own and I know she'll do great, but I want to give her a chance to shine without other people. Um, from Southern Charm, I probably would do, see, I want to say Taylor because I do think she'd be like a good balance, but lately with the, the whole possibly hooking up with Austin and um, I do want to be like sensitive to the fact that she just lost her brother. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Madison. I love putting that. Yeah. Putting her out there. Vanderpump rules. I'm going to go James and Schwartz. I want to see if these two can really bury the hatchet. Um, and honestly, I feel like if I had to pick one girl, I want to take them all. So it's, I'm going to just do that below deck Oriana. I'm going to throw her in there. I really like her. I think she could shine on her own. And then, um, see, there's a part of me that's like who from family. Cause Brian Benny's already been, on, is going to be on winter house. I do want to take someone from Family Karma. Anisha just got married. Um, Bring Bali. Yeah, you know what? I know she's a little bit older, but I think let's do Bali. Yep. So there's my cast. Oh my gosh, I love it. You know what I was thinking about this? I was like, how funny would it be if they did the Midwest? <laughs> oh, it'd be like, you know, the crappy lake. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are going to Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> Not Kansas City, Kansas. Shocker. Missouri. Um, all right, let's wait. Okay, you have to pick up Midwest City, but it cannot be St. Louis or Kansas City because obviously we have a bias there. Where are you sending them? Lake of the Ozarks, obviously. Okay, I think they die. Somebody's going to exactly. Fall the boat well, die. I just think exactly you murderer, Vanessa. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> no, but I mean, I <laughs> I meant die like alcohol die. Oh. I also think the people at the Ozarks. I mean, prime the stereotypes is prime people watching. The interactions that would happen would be so funny to me. Like watching Paige oh. interact with someone from the lake would be hilarious to me. So I also feel like some of them would really enjoy anyone who's been to Lake of the Ozarks, um, the guys that will gas up your boat for you. So there's like gas stations floating in the lake. These I'm way too old for them, but they are very nice to look at. Like all of them have six packs. Like you're not like, you're not getting a a frat bro with a beer belly coming out to give you your gas for your boat. Um, I actually, I'm going to go really random. I would pick Des Moines. Um, If anybody's wanting a like, I think a sleeper city that's actually like amazing. Des Moines, Iowa, it has an amazing farmer's market, downtown, super clean, super safe. And I think there would be enough of that like Midwestern charm, but also a sense of like, they'll call you on your bullshit. And I think like Paige coming in and maybe like mocking them or some of them acting like they're too good. I think they'd get put in their place. So, um, all right, well, we totally like threw that out there um, as a random one, but in that same sense, 
who would you want to go on an ultimate girls trip with of housewives? Ooh. And they didn't say how many to pick. So let's just say three. Pick three. Yeah. Okay. That's even harder. I feel like um, Kyle Richards would be one. I would pick, God, this is really hard when you say three. I'm going to say Ashley Darby. Cause I just Ooh. really like her. Um, and then, oh, well, I'm surprised I didn't say the grand dame. Um, I don't I feel know like, she's trip worthy. Like I think yeah. she would like get a fancy dinner with. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like who would be like up late, good time. Um, I mean, Heather God. Gay. Well, her black not, eye. I, not, not Heather Gay. <laughs> not bringing Heather Gay. Um, you know, I may go with Tamra. Really? No one from Miami? I thought about Miami, but I feel like Maricel and Alexia come together yeah. as a pair. Like it's I hard. can't divide them. So I think if I'm picking like three, it's like I got a little bit of everything between Kyle, Ashley, and Tamara. Okay. And a hangover. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to go with – man, this is tough. I think I'm taking Garcelle. I'm taking – we're doing current housewives, right? Yes. Okay. Because if it was past, I'd totally take Caroline Manzo. Um Okay, so I'm taking Garcelle. I'm going to take, well, I just have a feeling I'm going to like her. I'm taking Bren from the new Roni. Ooh, I like that. And I'm going to take, God, I, I kind of just want to take Heather to bro just because I think that in the long run, she'll take me on like fancy private jet. <laughs> strategic. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. This is a random one, um, but I feel like we can address it because she's made it public and we didn't know before anything. But is Chelsea from Southern Charm pregnant? She is. Um, she posted that she's pregnant. Cam was at her baby shower. She has not posted like details of anything. I don't know if she has a boyfriend or if, you know, she went to the sperm bank and did it on her own. Either way, um, she looks so cute, pregnant, you know, wish her well. But yes, she definitely is pregnant. Okay. How do you think Bravo will handle Melissa and Teresa? I mean, whew, I think how they will handle it is that they will continue to have them film together. If we're being honest, I think, I don't think either one of them is going to be taken away from the show. I think if ratings were horrible, That'd be more up for discussion, but considering ratings are, you know, great in New Jersey, I don't know that I see that changing. Is that good for us as viewers? No, I mean, we're going to be stressed out and annoyed and over it, but I think the saga will continue. What do you think? I unfortunately think the same thing. I So I've said this before, but I have a, had a theory, have a theory that Bravo was entertaining the idea of demoting Melissa but then when Teresa went on within like the first hour of the reunion and was like, you're fired. You no, know, like, you know, good luck. This is your last chance. And Melissa's like, where am I going? Are you leaving? And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. You're leaving. Andy's face was like a little bit of shock, but he also had this smirk. Like he was almost like a little pissed. And I feel like there's this sense of like, they can't let one housewife get too powerful within a franchise and think she's running it. Think she owns it. I mean, remember Vicky lying saying like, well, I never interviewed to be on the show. And like, we have footage of you interviewing Vicky. Like, you know, you can't act like you're just this like all powerful being of each franchise. And so I think there is a sense of like, Teresa was getting a little too confident, a little bit too like thinking she could like had a little bit more pull than she did. And so I think ultimately that's why like, well, we're going to have them both back full time. And I think it's going to be a bit of a mess. I hope somehow 
they figure out a way to shift the focus more. I think with like Jim Fessler, that is a great addition. I think Danielle as a new housewife has been a great addition. Um, I do think we need Dolores to pick a side. I think, you know, like production needs to get in there and force that to happen. If that's more of the season, I think we're going to be okay. But I'm worried that we're just going to basically have these two storylines. Like they're basically going to be filming in parallel, not together, but constantly talking about one another. And nobody really wants that. I mean, we didn't like it this season. I think everybody was glad when the season was over. Um, so I also want to say, I want to put this out there because it's fresh right now. I hear Soggy Flicker is out there chatting up a storm about Margaret. I think anyone who believes anything that comes from that woman's mouth, joke's on you, babe. Sorry. Yeah, she's, yeah I, I would not. I would not trust her. She's not the one I would be getting my um, info from. All right. Who are the most underrated and overrated housewives within the last few years? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, okay, so overrated, I'm going to, again, agree with my girl Tamara and say Teresa. I think Teresa, again, guys, you've heard me. I feel like I'm like all over the place with Teresa. In terms of Tree and Melissa in the beginning of the season, I was very much siding with Teresa. I will fully own that. And then I kind of flip-flopped towards the end and was like, I don't care. So I'm going to say Teresa. Um, underrated, I... I'm going to give it to a Miami housewife um, just because I want to see that show to continue to give their roses. And I'm going to give it to Lisa Hochstein. I feel like she, I mean, I think we value her as a fan group, but I think in terms of housewife, like she, her story, what she brings, like, I just think she's authentic to who she is. She's fun. She's vulnerable. I'm going to give it to her. Um, I think overall Miami is just kind of underrated. I'm happy that they're back on Bravo. I don't think it means like, I don't think it's going to change anything, but I think it's just giving them like that prime TV spot where it's not um, hidden behind a paywall necessarily with Peacock. Um, but if I had to pick one person from there, I think there's, there's more to Dr. Nicole Martin. I think, you know, she's a little bit underrated and we could definitely be seeing more from her. Um overrated if I had to go see initially my head goes to Kathy Hilton because as much as like we loved her in the beginning I think she kind of flopped her second season and overall I don't think she brought that much like hunky dory was really funny and yeah she's really rich but like when you think about her talking about the lady like not even knowing the names of the people like in her house I'm like I mean that woman's been with you for 14 years and she backpedaled and said she was trying to protect her privacy but I I'm not really buying that. Um, we've talked about before too. The Kathy Hilton from um, Paris and Love was not the same Kathy that we saw on Bravo. So I feel like um, she might have been really overrated. Like everybody was obsessed with her, wanted her back. And I will say, I in the beginning too, her first p- bit on the show, I was drinking the Kool Aid as well. But I just feel like this last go round, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I feel like there's she was pretty overrated. But if I have to go. With a housewife that's overrated. Um, I mean, it's hard because a lot of me wants to say, I think Sonia is an overrated housewife. Um, I Hot take. I know people love her and you guys are going to come for me. But other than being a drunk mess and crying about her divorce and the townhome for the last like 15 years, what, what has she... How has she evolved? (laughs) I know we've gotten silly, funny moments, but I guess when I think of like, there's housewives that's like, oh, like they've really shared a lot with us. I'm not necessarily getting that from Sonia. Um, 
God, keeping with this, some of these are like shady questions. And we didn't say that we can plead the fifth, so we're not going to do it. And this question is actually from a friend of ours. Top five Bravo celebrities who disappointed you, meaning you loved at first and now you don't. Number one, Dorinda would be Dorinda for me. Um, you know, I don't know that I have anyone else, to be quite frank. I think everyone else that we've come into contact with, I think people, it's like they've all been nice and pleasant. It's just like the level of nice. And I also think yeah. people are kind of who you expect them to be. So, Abby, I'm sure you'll talk about when James Kennedy was, like, shady oh, towards yeah. you. It's like, you expect that from James Kennedy. Well, like even, like, Ramona and the drink. Honestly, like, that was, like, I loved her for that. Like, the yeah. fact that she sat in front of me to get a drink and didn't pay for it. Like, I'm, I mean, it's on brand yeah. for her. Yes. I will say Dorinda, to me, I and Abby, please remind me if I'm wrong, but I think we've been lucky to have had very pleasant interactions and no one's ever been, like, blatantly rude to us in our face or mean or anything of that nature. I think it's just level of friendliness. Some people go above and beyond and like are in your DMs and um, made plans to meet with you. And like, there's people like that stand out um, who are, again, just a bit nicer and more friendly and we have a bit more relationship, but because one person doesn't, I don't think any less of them necessarily. What about, I? because they didn't define this. What about housewives just in general? Not ones that we've interacted with, but the top five who've disappointed oh. us. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, a, okay. Sorry. I went. Because I see what, it could be that angle of it, but let's, let's. Let's, let's go a different angle. Yeah. Let's get both sides. Um, that disappointed me. I mean, I think any of the problematic ones, I think, I mean, I think we can go down the list. Heather Gay, I'm going to put on that list. I think everyone loved Heather Gay. I mean, I just need her to be authentic in who she is. Um, I would even throw in Jen Shaw in there. I think we're all disappointed by her legal activity. And I'm going to put Lisa Renna. I loved Lisa Renna at the beginning. I think towards the end, it got a bit toxic on both sides. And we're still blocked, you guys. Like, come on, Lisa. But it's interesting how the rumors, the rumor mill has stopped since she's been off the show. So I think that speaks volumes, too. What I do you agree. Think? She was, I mean, she was definitely the one leaking. So um, Housewives that have disappointed me. I don't think there's been any that have disappointed me, like, based on um, DM interaction or like face-to-face interaction. Like, I don't think any of them, I'm trying to recall if any of them have been like rude or like ungrateful. I, I really can't think of anyone. I'm trying to think back to the first BravoCon. Was there anybody that was like, but I can't think of anybody. Um, Dorinda definitely, I think has been disappointing just with her behavior and the way she treats people. Like I still am not thrilled with her coming back on the ultimate girls trip. I know she is like people think of her as part of Roni and she definitely um, I think is a housewife that like should be in that conversation as one of like the best Roni housewives. But I hated the way she treated people on Ultimate Girls Trip. I just think she can just be so mean and vindictive, vindictive for no reason. And we um, have a friend who worked with Dorinda. So I also want to add that context. Yeah, too. there's a bias there, too. We know there, kind of how she treats her staff and it's not you know nice. behind the scenes information. So, yeah. Uh, another housewife that disappointed me who I loved, um, Robin from Potomac. I was really disappointed in how she handled the hiding of the affair. Um, I also think it's really weird that she hasn't made any statement about what happened at, um, her husband's basketball team with, you know, um, 
you know, this is all alleged, but you know, there was someone alleging that there was sexual abuse that took place and that like Juan knew about it and didn't do the necessary things. It's kind of like, um, I'm thinking of like the Penn state situation, you know, where like the coaches could have done more and like they knew about it for too long, not didn't go on quite as long, but it's still, I kind of put it in that, like, I think you're a guilty party if you see something, hear something and don't say something. And so it just disappointed me that nothing's been said. And the fact that she tried to hide the affair, um, Giselle's disappointed me lately too, with some of the comments that she's been making, um, about the Jewish community. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't, we don't care for any problematic yes, like the, Yeah. The stereotypes <laughs> and throwing them out there. And it's like, I don't know she's like out there. Like, I think she's done so much to talk about just like colorism and how like she's tried to fit in in the community and like she's light skinned and people ask her like really uncomfortable questions. And I know Vanessa, like you shared how like you've had the similar thing and not saying that like, that means you like aren't ever going to say anything that's like bad. But I just felt like her comment about like the Rubensteins are the only ones that are going to pay that much for these yeah. concert tickets was not, um, I didn't it's love self-awareness. that. Self-awareness. Like- yes. And she, it's hard because it's a double-edged sword. Part of what we love about her is her lack of self-awareness and the fact that she thinks she dresses great and her house looks great. But this just took it a step way too far. Um, another, ho- yeah, I would say Rena definitely disappointed me. Uh, I, w- I would say, um, I mean, there's people within Dallas, but they've been gone for so long that I feel like it's like almost not even worth talking about them anymore. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody that's like glaringly problematic, but I, Vicky, I think, um, has said things that I think were disappointing that I wouldn't have ex- expected. Um, I think that's, I think that does it. Like, um, I feel like that took it a little, a little dark, but, um, <laughs> all right. Somebody said ranking your favorite housewife franchises and your thoughts on the evolution of the franchise. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we should answer it like to date, right? Or yeah. Like- I would say like Dallas is out. Like we're not going to talk about Dallas. And I think we Roni the- Roni. Out, yeah. And we haven't seen reboot. So we're just, I mean, yeah, we haven't seen the new group and we, so I feel like, yeah, we're not going to put Roni in the conversation. So I would really- rank them as I think for me, Potomac, Miami, and then Beverly Hills. Where would you put New Jersey? Oh, in Salt Lake and OC. I would put, um, okay. So number one for me would be Potomac number. Well, actually I'm going to say number one is Miami. Number two is Potomac. Number three is Beverly Hills. Number four is New Jersey. Number five is OC. And number six is Salt Lake for me. As of today. And you're thinking overall, we're not basing it just off of current seasons. We're like factoring all seasons. Um, Yes, I think from what I've seen and just what I'm gravitating towards and like what I'm excited to watch. I would go one Potomac, two Beverly Hills, three Miami. Um, for OC, I think there's been a resurgence and I, I think back to like the early days and I really love it. Um, five, New Jersey and six, Salt Lake. So we um, agree on Salt Lake. Yeah. And so the thoughts on the evolution of those franchises, I mean, I would just say, I think it's Salt Lake is just too n- new to really say much. I think the evolution of Potomac has probably been my favorite evolution of a franchise because it did feel like nobody was really watching it. And then it became the tagline, don't sleep on Potomac. And we weren't watching it till season three or four, season four, I think is when we jumped in. Um, 
And I feel like now, like everyone talks about how good it is. It is it's like so good. I think I tell people you could probably skip season one, but I'd highly recommend starting with season two, where I think there are some shows that you could come in at like the previous season and be caught up and you'd be fine. Um, but I really think the evolution of Potomac and just how much people have like rallied behind it has been kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I think any of the shows they've clearly have evolved with us as humans. Like you think of the beginning of OC it was before social media. Like I do think there's something to those OG housewives, those pre social media days that they seem to continue to stand out as authentic to me. Um, Cause they didn't have to have that as the background noise versus new housewives who I don't want to say they rely on it. They're trying to market themselves in the show. It's just different strategically. Like you see a little bit of that, it, again, I think it's smart and I would do the same, but with the Roni, the new Roni with all their like TikToks are doing and all this stuff, it's just different than how we first met Tamara and Vicky. When we first met some of these housewives, they were forced to do blogs on Bravo's website, which I mean, I think they've talked about reunions, but it is kind of funny. And now they put it all out there, but it's, it's a little bit, I don't know, I guess it's different. I also think too, I'm glad that in a sense, Rena's gone and we're not having that, like all those stories leaked because there was like part of the fun was not knowing what was going to happen in the episodes, watching them and then seeing their reactions in the blogs or seeing their reaction when they were on Watch What Happens Live. We couldn't just go to their Instagram and they'd be like, tonight, you know, this is the crazy episode. And we didn't know that there was going to be these fights and stuff until we watched them. So, um, yeah, I think like that has been an interesting evolution. All right. I think that is it from the Bravo standpoint. Okay. So now we're going to go into motherhood. Um, and one question was, I think we'll start, you know, at the very beginning. So as you're becoming a mom, one person said, I'm giving birth to my first baby at the end of the summer. Any tips? I'm so nervous. Um, buckle up. No, I don't. I hate when people try to scare new moms. I mean, I think it's, I, although I think it could go one or two ways. I, I think you, what you're saying, scaring, no, but I also think it's okay to say this is going to be really hard and just being honest about I mean, it. I re- distinctly remember, I think you were like, had like two months to go with Mia and I was like two or three months in and I would just remember like saying to you, like, it's a lot harder than I thought. I cried in my shower, like for the first two weeks. Like, cause I think there, like you said, there's like things that people don't share and breastfeeding was a lot harder than I thought it was. And I felt like nobody, like now I think people talk about it, but like six years ago, people weren't talking about it the way they are now. And people weren't just like electing formula and being like, I just didn't want to do it because it wasn't good for me. Um, So I think like those type of things maybe have changed a little bit, but yeah, I think it's, it's hard. It's amazing. I also think too, to lead up to like giving birth, just be prepared for anything. You might be induced. Your water might break and you have the baby in the car on the way to the hospital. You might end up with a C-section. You might, your baby might be breached and you find out that he or she doesn't flip and you are going to have a scheduled C-section. Like it's just, you can't plan it. And even when you think you can, like a wrench gets thrown. Like my third was supposed to be a planned induction. I was supposed to go on Thursday night. Everybody but me was naturally going into labor. I didn't go until Friday night. You thought you were going to have a scheduled C-section and you developed preeclampsia and had your baby at 32 weeks. It's like- You can't plan them, even when you think you can. I think my number one advice that I like to give to moms-to-be is that it really truly takes a village. And if you do have people around you who are supportive, do not be afraid to ask for help. If someone asks you, what can I do for you? Take them up on that and say, hey, can you do pick up my target pickup? Or can you 
bring me some coffee or I don't know. I think people who are genuinely asking and checking on you do not be afraid to, and I don't even think selfish is the right word, but be, it's okay to respond with what you need (laughs) because they're asking you, they're like trying to take care of you. And I think a lot of times as women, we tend to like, oh no, I'm fine. Like I got it. I'm okay. But really deep down in the back of your head, you're like, oh my God, wouldn't have been amazing if like Abby came by and brought me coffee and like can hold the baby for a second while I take a quick shower. Like just, I think it's okay to be assertive in that sense. And the person, I think we're in our heads and thinking how that person's going to react to what you ask of them. And I think the friend who may help you is not going to think that at all. So it's okay to ask for help. And it's also okay to not be okay and be open about talking about that and talk to the right resources and friends. I'm a huge proponent of that. It's completely normal. You're not insane or crazy. Yeah. Um, I also would add to like, sometimes it's hard, like you're so tired in the moment. And then like two hours later, you're like, dang it. Like, I wish I would have said, could you do this for me? I never did this cause I would forget. Um, but one person told me what they did is they had like a dry erase board that they put up on their fridge and they had a list of just different things that would be helpful that they could do. So if somebody came over and was like, Hey, like I'd be happy to hold the baby while you sleep. Um, but you know, if he or she falls asleep, you know, I can put them in swing and help you suffer on the house. So if you have a list and people could just look at it and maybe like, while you're napping or you take a shower, it could be full laundry. It could be empty the dishwasher. It could be, whatever, um, then people could just kind of like look at the list and see what they want to do and cross it off for you. So I think that's a really good idea. Um, oh, last thing. Sorry. Just thinking yeah. just while well, it's fresh in my mind. So if you have a friend um, who is having a child for the first time or having another kid and you yourself are not a parent, which is totally okay. I think if you're thinking about a gift, food is always a way to go. I think organizing a meal train, gift cards, bringing all the food is so helpful in those first few weeks, especially if the family has more than one child, because it's just a little bit more chaos. So I'm a huge proponent of that. I would say too, um, food was more important with the second than the first. Cause with the first, like somebody can take the baby and make dinner or pick up dinner, um, with two, sometimes that's not always the case. Um, also, but don't feel bad just giving someone like you might be a mom yourself and you've got three or four kids. You're like, I don't have time to make someone a lasagna. I wish I did. Like I think DoorDash, um, Uber Eats gift cards are amazing. Also, like you can pick up fast food and drop it off for somebody. Like I would not be upset if someone said, can I bring you McDonald's breakfast tomorrow? I'd be like, yes, that sounds amazing. Um, so kind of in that spot, like you were saying, talk about, you're talking about the importance of like making, building a village, getting help, asking for help. So a piece of that, and I've seen people like, where's the village? I just thought these people are going to show up. What's going to happen? Uh, I think this is a really good question and it can be a challenging one. And unfortunately, I think it's one as moms, um, you're kind of always like in this space, how to make new friends, um, as a mom of littles, it can be hard and some people can be so unkind. That's a really hard question. I think you have to be willing to put yourself out there. Um, I think you have to kind of, that's, it's really, I mean, it's hard for me to answer this question because I don't, I don't know. I haven't, personally have encountered that, but I do think you have to be willing to put yourself out there. I think going to a park and if you see your kid, if you go to the same park and you see your kid play with the same kid, like go up to that mom and say, Hey, would you want to do this again? And a kid seemed to get along. I can bring coffee. Like, I think 
you kind of have to treat this as dating in a way. It is weird. And yeah. people kind of, you kind of have to seek each other out a little bit. You have to put out the feelers. I do think as your child gets older, I don't want to say it becomes easier, but you're in, in environments where your kid's invited to birthday parties or sporting teams where you'll be around parents. And I'll let Abby go into this further because her child, um, Warren, is more in that stage of life. But I think they, there becomes more opportunities. Um, I think too, like as they get older, it gets, it's easier, but it also it's kind of harder because there's going to be groups and you might not always be in a group where you might be like, oh man, like these moms get coffee together all the time. And I'm seeing it on Instagram and I don't have a group of moms that I'm get like from the school that I'm getting coffee with all the time. Um, I do think, yeah, you have to take a little bit more initiative. Um, setting up play dates as they're a little bit older, um, is a great idea. Sports help. You'll just start talking to them at the different practices and games, um, once you too, like you can start carpooling once they're in like boosters and stuff. And that makes life a little bit more socially, like a little bit easier. Um, the other thing I would say too, is don't feel like you have to be friends with someone just because your kids get along. Like if your toddler enjoys playing with somebody, I think it's fine to say like, let's meet up at the park, but it doesn't mean like you have to go get drinks with this person or like you have to be like, go to couples dinners and stuff like that. I, I do think sometimes like, when you see the mom groups and you're like, Oh, should I be doing that with all of my kids friends? And like, there's just going to be some moms you hit it off with and some you don't, and don't feel bad if there's some that like you enjoy your kids getting together, but you wouldn't necessarily want to like go to dinner just with the mom and dad. Cause I've gone to dinner with people and it's been weird. All right. This, um, this week's, uh, episode is sponsored by Dave. We've all had moments where an unexpected medical expense comes up. You're in a fender bender. Something happens with your car, air conditioning, and you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Now Dave can help you out in a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that could get you up to $500 instantly with extra crash. With Dave, there's no interest, late fees, or credit checks. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the app store right now or go to dave.com slash real moms, dave.com slash real moms. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All right. So back to some mom questions. Um, I think this is uh, a really tough subject. Potty training tips. Yeah, it, this is a tough subject. I think with anything in parenting, you have to trust your gut and when you want to start that process. I think I think if your child shows interest, I'll speak for me with two girls. Um, my child, my first child, I started potty training at 20 months, which I know is very young. But as a first time mom, you're an overachiever and you're like, oh, my God, the book said they show interest like you start like go for it. So I did. Um, and because she was 20 months, it took a good six months before it truly click, clicked for her. Um, with Camila, I started at two and a half. Um, I gave it more time. I was like, I want her to be a little bit older and she, it clicked so much faster for her. Also, she was in a classroom where a lot of the kids were potty training. I know that may not be the luxury for those who don't have daycare kids. Um, but I, I do think it's one of those things that it will click 
you have to be patient. It will get better before it gets worse. Um, I've had moments with my first where I was like, oh, my God, this is never going to happen. Like, am I going to be like, am I the worst? Like, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, it just clicks. So be kind to yourself and be kind to yourself. Abby, what do you have to say? I would say there's a difference between boys and girls. I definitely noticed friends with girls were potty training a lot earlier than my friends with boys. Um, Having seen Vanessa and a few of my other friends, like once, like once they were really showing signs, like, oh, we're going to do the weekend potty training tip. And it took a little bit longer. And then being told with boys, it's just a little bit more challenging. Um, I tried it one time with my oldest where he was kind of showing signs and I thought, let's give it a whirl. And it just, it didn't go well. I felt like we were both kind of like, getting angry with each other. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to get in a fight with my kid over potty training. And he's not going to be like, like out of fear, become potty trained. So um, I took the advice of a friend of mine who had her youngest was the same age as my oldest. So she had a lot more experience with potty training and basically was like, I don't potty train my kids until they're essentially begging to be potty trained. Like I want them to want to go in the potty to want underwear. And I think I mean, I understand some people too. It's like, okay, well, if I did that, I, my kid probably wouldn't be allowed into kindergarten. So I do, I do understand like at some point you have to like bite the bullet and do it. But I think if you wait until they're older and they're like a little bit more excited or their friends are doing it and they're seeing their friends go to the bathroom, whether it's at the park or in a classroom, I think that helps a lot. Um, with my oldest, I, the second time around, I kind of waited till he was like begging me. And it was like, I think, yeah, I clicked really easily within a matter of like four days, he was wearing underwear to school. And then like within two weeks, was not napping in a um, pull-up. And I would also like to add evening potty training. Uh, Our pediatrician was basically like, if your kid is having dry pull-ups on their own, have them sleep in underwear, but don't try to force evening um, potty training unless you want your sleep seriously um, disrupted until like they're seven or eight. So if you have a child that's like older and still in pull-ups, that's completely healthy and completely normal. Yeah, and Uh, I think with anything in parenting, you gotta ultimately listen to your voice and you know your child the best and you kind of have to go with the plan. There's no right. There's not like a set plan for every child. Obviously there's tons of information. So take everything you read with a grain of salt. 100%. Um, All right. Staying in the, like, I think more challenging things of like the toddler um, years, getting rid of the pacifier. Um, This was so hard with me with both of my kids. And I'm so thrilled that Henry really has no interest in a pacifier. And at this point, I'm kind of like, I don't like don't even really want to put one in his um, crib because he's just never taken to it. But with my older two, it was extremely hard. We had the Webba nubs. And ultimately, what I ended up doing was cutting the pacifier piece off and told them that now this is a stuffy because big kids have stuffies and sleep with stuffies and babies sleep with pacifiers. It took a very, very long time. And I guess I would say to back up a little bit, start small. If they're using a, their pacifier and webinar almost every day, like during daytime activities, start by only letting them have it for nap and evening, then only night sleep and then no pacifier. But if you're going to try to go cold turkey, just think about like what gives you comfort, whether it's, you know, a hot shower, going for a run, uh, you know, uh, a glass of wine. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but you know, whatever it is. And if somebody was like, you can never have that, you are done for the rest of your life, you would freak out. And so like, I do think like, remember for these little kids, this is such a source of comfort for them. I do think it's makes it easier to drop it like gradually, but I eventually did go cold Turkey on my girls. Um, we did too. I did actually, I think I did this with both of them. Um, I did cut off all the tops 
And then I also um, said, we're going to give them to a baby. They're ready for a baby. And so we took them to my friend's younger kid. Um, And so she literally saw us hand off the pacifiers and that seemed to help. I will say, I feel like the first week is kind of rough. Um, There's a few more nighttime wakings and whatnot because they have to kind of figure out how to self-soothe a bit more. But like anything in parenting, it doesn't last forever. So if you're in it and you're terrified, because I was also terrified. My girls love their pacifiers. You just got to do it. And I think you just, once you rip that bandaid, you kind of have to commit to it. I, I would say don't go back, but do you um, <laughs> commit to it? And eventually they will find something else that will soothe them like a lovey. Yeah. I would say if you can think of like a fun stuffy that helps. Um, all right. This one, oh, this is such a good question. And I feel like it's going to really vary by pregnancy and vary by person. When did you feel like you had your life again after having a baby? I have a 14 month old and I'm struggling. Ooh, that, that is a hard question. I, I'm going to say for me after my first, probably when she was two, because I always feel like when a kid turns two, you all of a sudden think about having another kid or not everybody, but I'll speak for me. You start thinking about having another kid. I do think it's okay to mourn your previous life. I do think that can be a bit of a shell shock. I think I started to feel more like me after, like six months and then a bit more at a year and then even more so at two years because you just have another year of parenting under your belt and you feel more confident. Um, so that's what I'd say for me. Um, I agree. I think it, I do think it varies. This is why I say varies by pregnancy um, or like postpartum experience and by person. So with my first, I had a unicorn baby when it came to sleeping and I like almost like hate saying this because there's like, I always say like, don't compare yourself to other, like don't compare your kids to other kids. That being said, when I explain the rest of the story, I feel like you need the backup, the background. So my um, first was basically sleeping like 12 to 13 hours um, through the night by seven or eight weeks. So like on my maternity leave, like I was getting amazing sleep. Like I was actually mad to go back to work. Cause I'm like, man, now I have to wake up early. Like it, like he was sleeping seven 30 to like 8.30 pretty consistently. You can hate me. I, I would too. And I've been on the other side of it. So I know how much um, it sucks. That being said, I think it made me feel like myself a lot sooner. I only had one. So the whole logistics of like dropping them off and picking them up from daycare was a lot easier. So I started being the one who would drop off a lot. And then after I got done with work, I was working from home, I would go work out in the gym. And then my husband would, I would start on dinner when my husband picked him up in his office. And it just kind of felt like I very quickly was getting in like back to myself, um, which is why we decided to go for number two very quickly. Um, and my kids are 16 months apart. So you can do the math, but I was essentially, um, I got pregnant right around the time that my oldest was like six and a half, seven months old. So, um, I say that because I think if you say that like to somebody, they're like, what were you thinking? And it was planned. It wasn't a shock. My second was not as much of a good sleeper. He was still a decent sleeper, um, but was I was not, not consistently getting, you know, 10, 11 hours of sleep at night. Um, I would say he more slept like eight hours through the night, which was fine, but he was going to bed at seven, you know, and so he was waking up like earlier and there were still probably for the first eight months, I would say two, three nights a week where he would just randomly wake up at one or 2 a.m. So it just that that time, it took me a lot longer Then COVID hit. Gyms were closed. Daycares were closed. 
I felt like I didn't really probably feel like myself again until closer to the two year mark. Um, so I would say be patient with yourself. I also would say that you might never feel like you fully have your life back again in a sense that you can do what you want when you want it because you never really will be able to do that. Um, and the other thing I would say too is don't equate how you're feeling postpartum to your weight. I think it's really quickly to be like, oh, I need to get back to pre-baby weight. Go how you feel with your overall health. But I was talking to a couple of friends about this. Like you might not ever get to that weight that you were pre-baby again, but you might be 10 pounds away from it and working out and eating, you know, well and feeling good. And like, so celebrate that and be okay with like living in that space. I think sometimes when we talk postpartum, like the whole bounce back thing and people will focus sometimes on the wrong things. How are you feeling mentally? How do you feel with your overall health? Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Okay. This question is a really good one too. How do you and your partners balance responsibilities, AKA make it so it's not like the 1950s? I think um, you have to be upfront and with expectations. So I will say in my household, we have things that my partner, Kyle, that he tends to do that I do. So for instance, he cooks all our meal. He's the cook. He goes grocery shopping. I do all the laundry. So I think parenting is no different. I think you have to vocalize who's doing pickup and who's doing drop-offs. Who is, I mean, I do the kids' laundry. I mean, he does, you know, he may take them to T-ball. Like, he's going to do the games. Like, I just think you have to have an upfront conversation. And with bedtimes, we alternate nights with each child. Um, so I just think you have to have a straight up conversation about it. I think honestly, it would behoove you to do that before a baby arrives. Like, I I think as moms, especially if you're fully breastfeeding, uh, I think you feel like you have to take up so much of that on your own because you're feeding the baby. But I think there's other things you could ask your partner to do. I think you could say, Hey, can you do the load of laundry? Like, can you wash the bottles or whatever? I think you have to be vocal men are not mind readers. We want them to be so badly. They're not. You have to tell them what you want. I completely agree. And I think too, um, when I think about, you know, some of the responsibilities, um, maybe if you are breastfeeding and like you're the one getting up at night, you're obviously probably the one then changing the baby's diaper most likely. So like, you're like, I don't know. I always kind of went with the mindset of like, I'm not going to wake up my husband to have him change the diaper because it's going to take him five, 10 minutes to fully wake up and do it when I'm up um, and ready to be taking care of the baby and feed it. But like during that time, even though like now I do laundry, he mostly cooks. He does a lot of like the outdoor, like mowing the lawn. Uh, He actually likes gardening a lot more than I do. So he does that um, where I will manage more of like keeping the house a little bit more organized because that's something that I enjoy. Um, But like during the time when we had a newborn, I would say like, I need you to do our laundry. I'll handle the baby's laundry because he's spitting up and stuff during the day. And I was home on maternity leave, but I need you to do our laundry and like fold my laundry and put it away. Um, And he would, but I would have to ask and I would have to say it. So I agree. Like, I think you have to be really upfront with it. Um, Know that sometimes it can change. Um, But I think just like talking about it and kind of saying, I find out too, like, what do you enjoy? What does he enjoy? Like you, probably have some things that you could do together do separately. Um, but yeah, I think communication is really key for it. And if you're feeling like a lot of the load is falling on you, I've learned that instead of being like, I'm doing everything around here. Like if I'm like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed because I, this week did blah, 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 blah. And I list off all the things I did. 
like, is there anything in that list that you think you could take on for like next week or for like, you know, for the future or for the time being? And sometimes I'd be surprised because my husband would be like, oh, yeah, you know, I guess I can, but I also did blah, blah, blah. And I didn't realize some of the things he was doing behind the scenes. So I think, yeah, just talking about it is, um, is really key. So I think, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say last thing and even, yes, we have these rules within our marriage. I will say the mental load is still something that I struggle with and I still have million tabs in my head and my husband has the luxury of just (laughs) knowing where to go and when to show up. I mean, it's definitely gotten better. So I do want to say Abby and I are, you know, six years in this and that's still a thing. But again, I think it also just comes down to communication and when you are feeling overwhelmed of when you need help. And I will say too, unfortunately, at the end of the day, the mom, for the most part, I would say 90% of the time is going to be the default parent, meaning the kid's sick at school or daycare, you're going to be the one called. Um, You're going to be the one that the, you know, like has to schedule most of the time, the appointments, maybe not, maybe you talk about that. But I feel like there was like a lot of things that just fall on me. Like if I waited for my husband to be proactive on some of these things, our kids would we'd miss the deadline for every sport, you know, like there's just, so, um, I do think like, as much as I want to say, like it's 50, 50, it really isn't. Um, and so you, you probably are going to have to take on a little bit more and it sucks. And that's when you go vent to your mom friends about it. Um, okay. Now we're moving into the random ones. Um, and there's some really, some really interesting ones in here. Okay. So one said, um, were you in sororities at Mizzou? Um, we were. I was a Pi Beta Phi across the street from Kappa Kappa Gamma. That's what I am. Uh. <laughs> um, it's funny. Like our houses are very, very similar, um, but they were also very like competitive with one another over the stupidest shit. Um, we, I think just because we were across the street. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, this was before we had TikTok dances. So we just had to make up. But I remember things. like always being like, okay, so if you guys have seen Bama Rush, it's true. They like scream out the door. And Vanessa and I both have been the girl doing it. But I remember during Hell Week where we practice for Rush, uh, like our people running recruitment would always be like, Kappa is so much louder than us. Yell louder. Like we would have no voice at night. Um, okay, this is a good one. What is your favorite meal in St. Louis? So Vanessa doesn't live in St. Louis. She did at one point. She frequents it, um, has family here. um, And I have family in Kansas City, so that's fun. But what is your favorite meal in St. Louis? Um, I would say I always love to get an Emo's pizza um, because we, we, even though we have one in Kansas City, it's not as easily accessible. And it varies by location on which ones are better. So I would say um, I love to get an Emo's pizza. I also most recently, and I've told you about this, I love the Pasteria Deli. I just had a really great sandwich there and I crave that from time to time. I miss mainly as I'm talking about this and getting hungry is all is the little Italy of St. Louis. Um, We do not have as prominent as a presence in Kansas City of Italian restaurants. And I love Italian food and St. Louis has some of the best. Yeah. I mean, if when in doubt, just go to the Hill. Um, some of the best Italian um, you'll have in the United oh, States. Oh, and toasted raviolis. I mean, I could go on and on yeah. with meat um, inside. St. Louis also, like people don't realize this, but we're kind of like a well-kept secret of like some of the top restaurants in the country are in St. Louis, which is so bizarre to me. Uh, my favorite meal in St. Louis, though, if I'm going... I, I feel like I have to go with like, like truly my favorite, like not like, oh, I love this restaurant for a date night or for something really fun. My favorite meal, um, it's not anything fancy, 
don't at me. But um, again, this is in Kansas City, but it is not the same. And I think the locations they picked were terrible. I am going with a roast beef meal from Lion's Choice. Lion's Choice, for those wondering, is a fast food like franchise only available in St. Louis. They, I think in the last like five years, five or 10 years, added two locations in Kansas City, but they're truly not the same. And I know what you're thinking, like, isn't it just like Arby's? It is not. It's actually like really, really, really good roast beef. Um, put some horseradish on there. I, I, I don't know. I love it. They have the good ice. The people are always really friendly. Um, so shout out to the uh, Lion's Choice on Big Bend. Um, no, on Hanley. I'm sorry, on Hanley. Um, okay, this this is, a, I was not going to put it in here, but I feel like it's good to just address it. Is <laughs> Instagram your job? Meaning, do you make an income with sponsorships, et cetera? Um, so I think in like full transparency, yes, we do make money off of Instagram. We make money off of this podcast. You heard us talk about Dave. You hear ads throughout it. Um, it's not like our full-time jobs. We both have other jobs that we do, but yeah, I mean, we do make money off of this. I don't know if you have anything you want to No, I was just going to say, I mean, we both have full-time jobs. This is our like favorite part-time job. Um, So we have to monetize from it to pay ourselves back for all the time that we put towards it. So thank you for supporting us um, via either an affiliate link, joining our Patreon or listening to this and the ads. So we're, we're trying, honey, we're hustling. Uh, okay. One person said, do you want to be friends with, with us? Like you and like, me? Do we be her friend? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I like, it made me laugh. Um, I will say like, I do really feel like there's a lot of you that we have consistent like DM dialogue with, and we really do feel like we are friends. Um, and I think that's like the fun thing about this. I think it was the unexpected piece of it too. Just like how much, like there's people we share a lot of information with, we like, we'll meet up with people. There's someone in a bookshop in Charleston that we're going to go swing by um, while she's working. So, um, and I think it's like been the fun unexpected part that concludes our Q and a, that was really fun though. I know it was really, really fun. I, I liked kind of, we kind of covered it all. Like truly why we started real moms of Bravo. Like we talk about motherhood, Bravo and everything else in between. Um, one person added, and this wasn't a question, but it was a suggestion that they would love a motherhood focused episode, our advice, experiences, challenges, wins, and go-to products, um, for both like babies, toddler, and where we're at now. I think that's definitely something we can do in the future. That just would have been a lot to answer, um, in one episode and probably would have become an hour, which is what we're at right now. So, um, we want to thank you guys so much for supporting us. Well, you know, the drill, even though we didn't cover Bravo stuff this week, we are still going to give you the spiel please subscribe to our podcast, hit five stars. And uh, if you have 30 seconds, leave us a written review. And for the cost of less than a Starbucks coffee, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. And with that, we will catch you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.